0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Obviously, there was interest in Venice. Could you just tell us the story of, of kind of what happened?
2: Yeah, dude. Actually, it's crazy because this is like the first time like I know you know and a couple like all my close friends know and a couple people know, but like it's actually like a crazy story.
0: Welcome <laughs> back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Chump Chat. It's your boy, Johan Gomez, alongside my co-host, Tanner Tessman. And we got a very special guest here, our boy Eric Palmer Brown, fresh off a recent USMNT call-up. Um, welcome to the pod, my boy.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks for having me. We were just
1: chatting up about the uh, the Masters. Uh, my boy EPB is going for Colin Morikawa with the dub, and he's not performing how he wants, huh?
2: So, Nah, not at all. I I just think... I just turned it off so I could focus on the podcast, but... Last shot I saw him, he was in the water, which is obviously not where you want to be. So what are you thinking the about? Conditions looking to a... go ahead.
1: No, what are you thinking about Tiger?
2: Dude, he looks good. Like he looks, he looks for being off for seventeen months. I can't like even fathom like how good he looks right now. Like in the pink yesterday, I was like, this dude's looking good. He's playing good. Like, oh man, I'm so excited. Like if Tiger wins, I'll go crazy. <laughs> i'll go crazy yeah
1: Yo, i hope you stay this excited for the whole podcast but uh <laughs> <laughs> no but the master's is a big weekend though man i i really want to go up and play augusta one time have you ever played any big courses like that
2: Nah, i haven't I, like haven't been able to like in the summer me and my friends we do like this ozarks trip and we go like golfing at the courses down at the ozarks um and it's, it's really fun, like, a little competitive. We got, like, 12 people, so we split it up, and it, it, it's a blast. But haven't been out because we kind of live close to Tiger's course, actually, in Missouri. It's, like, an hour and a half away, his new course down in uh, Branson. And it's, like, yeah. I think it's, like, 300 bucks around. And, like, that, like, 19th hole that he, like, uh, used all yeah, that yeah. dynamite to blow up the rocks and stuff, like, that'd be sick to go to. But I just yeah. – whenever I have time off in the summer, I'm just – trying to see family and friends and never got yeah. to it, but I'll definitely get to it. We got to get to it. We got to one summer. Let's go on a golf trip.
1: Hey, I'm trying to go to Payne's Valley. That, that, uh, that video that just went viral of like the golf cart driving through I already yeah. knew about Payne's Valley, but bro, it's, yeah, it I looks unreal.
2: That. It looks sick. Right. Yeah. That's what I, I can't. We should definitely do it. Cause like the reason we go to the Ozarks instead of like Branson is cause like my friends like have houses there at the Ozarks. So it's just easier to like stay like the 12 people, and I think at the end of the day, we just, we need to switch it up. We need to do like a Vegas golf trip or something like where it's yeah. just dope. Like,
1: I mean, at the end of the day, you're a big baller and this is what we're going to get into the, into the yeah. podcast about, but okay. you got that bread though. I know, I know you can, yeah. I know you can hit the homies up and y'all can go play Payne's Valley with 12 people.
2: It's nothing slight for you, no, uh, oof, no, not for me, not for me. I, I'm not like that, but you know, it's like Kevin Hart said, you know, I like, I got to let my banker know to like, hey, we got to transfer the money to the account today. You know, that's me. That's me. I'm frugal. (laughs) I'm frugal with it.
1: And that's how you need to be, though. That's good, though. All
0: right, guys. Football might be over the season, but college and pro hoops are in full swing. For all the latest odds, totals, player performances, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BET Online has all your betting needs. Head over to the website of your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code
1: Believe B L E A V to get started. Hey, you also went to you went to Ping right in Scottsdale.
2: <laughs> I did. I did get a to to yo Ping. yo.
1: I need to do this, man. My, did, I need yeah. to call Mike, man. This is. Uh,
2: I was telling Walker about it too, and Walker was pretty. He was like, "Dude, I need to go." He's uh, it was. It was the coolest experience. It's so cool, and just to get fitted, obviously, like by those guys, was just it was crazy. I need
1: this, bro. I need this bad. I need to go, I need to go, not this summer, but maybe next summer, I'm down, if, I'm so down to go and and do it, because it looks, bro, Mike was showing me pictures of all y'all there, bro, is, dude, it's 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 different, it's dope, if you didn't know, uh, we actually have, one of our earlier videos of the Chump Chat career, we had a, a golf vlog with, uh, it's our only in-person video, or maybe Uh two only in-person videos, maybe we did one, we did one interview in person, but, uh. We did a on-course vlog, and Johan has never played golf before. So I
2: actually legitimately saw you. Like you guys messaged me this last or a couple weeks ago, and like this last week on Instagram, I saw Johan swing up there, (laughs) and man, I I thought it was his first time. I was like, I couldn't. When I saw when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's his first time. It's his first time (laughs) golf. The
1: fact you said that—that's good though, John. It's like. Cause you know it's, yeah. It's not like you've been working on it, you know. Like it's no, clear, yeah. you know.
0: No, I, no. That's why I respect you guys who are so into it, bro. Because that was awful, bro. It was my first time playing eighteen with Tan and and Judd and um and it, the Texas heat in the summer, bro. Like I could not handle it. I was ready to go, bro. I, I can't imagine
2: <laughs> playing in Texas in the summer. Like in Kansas City, we get like that humid air, but bro, Texas is different. It's different. <laughs>
1: dude I I I mean I remember I mean going to Texas is so hot and after the golf like you I mean you got a shower like you feel horrible like you feel musty but bro it's it's so different in Europe I don't know if you feel the same but like after a golf around in Europe it's like I'm chilling like I feel good like I don't know yeah but maybe I'm different even, but
2: but like like this summer this past summer like being in Venice it was so hot in Venice bro like oh, you yeah, had it to was be hot in in tr- so like I don't know if you went golfing that time but like no, when I was no, no. in Austria last season like I went towards the end of the season and it gets hot like walking around and like in Europe they do like more walking than like with carts so you like yeah, you don't yeah. get that breeze from driving in the cart so it's yeah, yeah. I think I don't know I'd still choose I think the courses like at least in America like at least where maybe we're from like in Dallas and Kansas City like they're, they're really nice courses and like you can go whenever you want. Cause they're pretty open to the public here in France. There's like only two around me and like the weather's been like right now it's raining. The weather's been like, we had snow when I flew back in from national team camp. So it was just like, dude, I'm never going to get outside to go golfing.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's hop into this, this, uh, when you came to Venice, obviously not a lot of people know the whole story, obviously me yeah. and you know, but, uh, I'm just going to ask you the question. Um, you know, obviously there was interest in Venice. Could you just tell us the story of, of, kind of what happened?
2: Yeah, dude, actually it's crazy. Cause this is like the first time, like, I know, you know, and a couple like all my close friends know, and a couple of people know, but like, it's actually like a crazy story. Cause I got to Venice this summer, this like before the season started. And I was pretty much all signed up to do like si- sign a contract. I was going to Venice. I was super excited. Like Venice, like if you've been to Venice, it's the dopest place. It's so cool. Um, and like the environment that that club created with like, I mean, everyone from the office, like the front office down, like team, everything. It's just one of those things you want to be a part of. And I was there and everything was just perfect. And then get to uh, finalizing like contract details, doing the medical and pretty much right before I go sign the contract, the day that I'm supposed to go sign the contract. um, The doctor had called um, Alex um, and said, Hey, there's something wrong with his heart. Like you, like, we can't sign this player. And I was like, and so me and my agent are out eating like in Venice, like probably like an hour, two hours before we're about to go sign the contract and he gets a call and he's like, like, hands me the phone and like I saw his face like it it, like turned white I couldn't believe like I've never seen him like this and I I get the phone and they tell me and he's like hey we're gonna do more tests but like we can't sign like we need to like there's something wrong with your heart like you can't play you can't do anything right now and I was like yo what like I couldn't believe it I I really like I was kind of shook and um so we like get down to it and like kind of the rules in Italy because like uh, the things that have happened in the past in Italy and like with Ericsson in the summer, um, they're really like strict about like what happens like with heart testing and stuff like that. And like, so I couldn't play for a year or something like that if I were to sign in Italy, like if we go back and do all the tests and everything's fine, like if it was just like, so when that happened, like everything fell through this summer and I was like, I was just, I was like, oh man, this sucks. Like I was so excited to go to Venice. I was, like I was telling my mom, I was telling my friends, I was like, I'm going to Venice. Like all my close friends knew, they were super excited. And then I don't think I told them like any of them until like, I I had to fly back to Manchester and I get back to Manchester and I'm supposed to go do all these, like the same heart tests that I did in Venice, like go back through a medical just with Manchester's guys, city's guys. And We get on the plane and we get back to Manchester. And then the next day I'm supposed to go testing. I'm at one of the heart tests, doing the heart test. Right when I get out, they call me and they're like, hey, someone on your flight tested positive for COVID. You have to quarantine like for 10 days. So like in the midst of all this, like I'm supposed to be doing like all these heart tests, like trying to get back, like haven't been like working out doing anything soccer wise. And, they're like, yeah, you have to quarantine 10 days. So, like, now I'm stuck at a hotel for 10 days and can't do, like, I think I could do, like, I could go to the testing site, like, after three days, like, of a negative test. But, like, I have still had to quarantine those 10 days, me and my agent. And it was just, I'm telling you, like, I couldn't believe the law. Lo- it felt like everything was against me. Like, because at the time, I didn't think I could play soccer anymore. Like, what the Venice doctors told me were like, hey, like, you shouldn't play soccer. Like, you could end up like Erickson. Like, and I was, like, freaking out. I was, like, dude, that's I, – I legitimately was just, like, no way. Like, I feel fine. Like, couldn't believe it. And – but luckily, like, went through all the tests in Manchester. Everything was fine. They were, like, no, we're not seeing what they saw. I don't know what they said. So, that was, like, a blessing in disguise. Um, and then kind of the transfer window was, like, running down. Like, I think there was, like, four or five days left in the transfer window and they were like, um, all right, well, we got like, not many clubs are still like looking for, well, there were clubs looking for teams, but I wanted to go to like a top five league. I thought after the last couple of seasons I had in Austria, I was like, I was ready for the next step up. And France came about cause city city group is, they own a bunch of teams and this, this team two came about and I was like, does the coach know about me? Like, does like any of this, they're like, yeah, he knows about you. He's not like, they've got a lot of players right now and you no, know, you, you're going to have to work to like getting this, like getting his squad. And then I was like, well, let's do it. I, I didn't really have many other options. And so I get to Trois, and that's when like everything just kind of like this, this season, like kind of set up to be how it is right now.
1: Yeah, man, that's, it's crazy because I was kind of there for the ride, you know, like I, yeah. I was in touch with Mike every day and I was seeing you pretty much every day and we we're going to dinners or whatnot while you were in Venice. Yeah. And it was crazy because I was excited to have you here. Like it was, I was stoked, yeah. bro. Cause it, it would have been yeah. another guy that if we could go play golf or whatever, you know, we were excited and, you know, we yeah. talked about it, but yeah. I remember too, when, when Mike called me and, you know, I was on the day of the signing and I was like, yo, like dinner celebration dinner tonight. And, you know, Mike was, you know, how Mike is and he,
2: yeah. it was yeah
1: it was, it was tough for me to even like i felt yeah. horrible the whole time and and the guys that were here were feeling horrible so it was it was difficult for the for the club as well because i know the club wanted you to come as bad as you did so yeah i mean it, it, it is tough that it didn't all work out but you know everything works out for a reason so
2: yeah yeah exactly but
1: i mean maybe i yeah. mean i don't know we'd be in a different situation this year maybe uh your team would yeah. be as well
2: but I mean, that's that's the thing. Like I know right now, like I, I keep in touch or like keep up with like all the games. like I have an alert like alerts on my phone for Venice like to see what you and Boost are doing and like how the team's doing. And like I can see right now, like you guys are also in that like relegation battle. We're still we're in it here too, and it's just it's a grind bro. It, like yeah. when you're in that relegation battle with with your teammates and stuff like that, it, it is a grind. And I've been relegated once with Nack Breda a couple of years back. And man, it is one of the. It just feels like when nothing, like when something's like going wrong, everything's going wrong. Like and like. Sometimes there's finger pointing, like it just it gets crazy. It it gets to that point where it's like you just got to keep everything in the locker room. And right now, I think both of our teams are kind of going through it. Right now, we're kind of on the up and looking looking good. But I mean, anything can happen. So it's just one of those things where. Two, when I got here, like, I wasn't playing at all. The whole first part of the season, I wasn't playing. I was, like, coming to training. I mean, obviously in the country, like, haven't been before in a, like, smaller town where, like, French is, like, the only language. just not many English speakers. Like, our coach didn't speak English at all. And, you know, I, I like, I wasn't playing. I was super upset. I was, like, talking to my agent. I was, like, I want to leave, like, at, like, half season. And because the coach wasn't playing me, I, I played, I think I played, played one game, like 70 minutes against Nantes. And that was because like our, our captain and one of our other center backs had like red cards suspensions or yellow card suspensions. And I played that game and I thought I did well. And then the coach also was like, yeah, you did well. Like, like for, we didn't expect that. Like, that's kind of what he said. Like the coach was just like, we didn't expect you to do well. And I was like, all right, play a cup game after that. And then, didn't get like any minutes like and so it was just kind of one of those things where it was like I need to be playing to like hopefully like get to the level like I want to be at and like I think kind of like you said earlier Tanner like everything happens for a reason and obviously this part of the season is going better for me we got a new coach in and um since then I've just kind of been enjoying the ride like playing playing game in game out and just improving game in and game out
1: that's lovely new coach speaks yeah.
2: English or no Yeah. He speaks English. Okay. He does this funny thing though. He does this funny thing where he's like always like, he speaks English, like perfect English. Um, like sometimes he'll like search for words, but like he'll do this thing. Like, did you understand like any of that? Like, cause he'll say everything in French and I'll say no. And then he'll just kind of laugh and just like walk away. Like, cause we have like three or four people. Um, we have this guy that's on the Canadian national team, but he's like English. Um, and he speaks like, good french so he, he he'll like translate things but he's like it's it's so funny like our coach will sometimes just ask the english guys like did you understand any of that we're like not a word and they're like all right like <laughs> doesn't matter we're like all right sweet thanks that's funny yeah did you uh
0: did you expect the obviously you just said like the season took a sharp turn for you did you expect this call up from uh from greg
2: Nah, dude not at all honestly i was like, I was playing, I thought I was playing well. I was playing every game in league And I think, I, I, I don't know, I wanted it. I really wanted it. I thought, like, okay, like, there's a chance. Like, I don't know how Chris is doing, like, ankle-wise, because I knew, like, Chris was coming back from injury. And, but, like, hadn't heard anything from Greg, like, all year, like, no communication, really. And then probably like two days before the roster came out, he texted me and was like, Hey, can we like can we chat? And I was I was at treatment at the time. And I was like, Yeah, like I'm at treatment, I'll call you later. And called him. And he was just like, Hey dude, like you've been doing like really well. Um, we want to invite you in camp. And I was I was stoked. He was like, I don't know like what capacity it'll be at. Like, I don't like But I want you to come into camp, contribute, like show what you've been up to and do your thing. And and that's kind of just the way I took it was like, I I don't know how many opportunities I'm going to get at this camp, but just go in, enjoy the moment, be with the boys and do what I can, help the team qualify.
0: You did, you did help them qualify. I mean, getting thrown into the fire like you did in one of the most oh, important qualifying matches of the world cup. I mean,
2: right wing back, dude, I couldn't believe it. Like it, the morning of the game, um, Reggie was feeling like Reggie was feeling sick. And I know like he wasn't with us, like in one of the meetings and Greg pulled me aside and he was like, Hey, have you ever played right back? And I was like, nah, nah like never. I've never played right back. Um, and he was like, well, well, like, if we need you to go there, like, could you do it? And I was – of course, I was going to say yes. Like, I wasn't going to be like, no. Like, you know, you know, when a coach asks you, these, like, yeah. these questions, like, you know what you're going to say. Like, you're always going to be like, yeah, of course, anything, anything. Like, so – but he asked me, and I was like, yeah, like, of course. Um, and he's like, we think you have the qualities, like, for it. And so, you know, going into the game, I was like, ah, oh, nah. Like, do you probably have 90 minutes, but if, if not, I'll be ready and just – going in um I think kind of like around the 80th minute like saw D like cramping up and obviously in the altitude in Mexico City it's always going to be tough and then um literally just got up to go warm up and he's like EPV get him in like get them ready and like so I got like a minute of warm up and then just had to go in so it was it, it was it was it happened so quick but you know how it is, like when, when your number's called, you got to be ready, and if that opportunity comes, and you're not ready, that's when it slips away, so those are the moments that you just got to take it, and go with it, so.
1: How did you, how did you feel in that, in the, in the pitch?
2: Yeah, no, I felt all right, like, I mean, it was kind of last 10 minutes, I think they had a lot of the ball then, Um, we were, every time it went out, just wasting time, like, taking time off the clock, we knew, like, if we could get a, a draw, obviously, that it would be good for us in the standings and stuff. Obviously, away too at Mexico City is never an easy game at the Azteca, and I think on the pitch it felt good. I think I was definitely winded. Like th- that altitude is serious. It is serious. Yeah. I was out there and I was just like probably like six minutes in. I was like, dude, I'm dead. Like I was <laughs> blowing. I was like, and then. Yeah, after the game, we had to do, like, some sprints for the guys that, like, didn't play much, and, man, you really feel it. It, it was different, but, you know, you know how it is. When you're out there for 10 minutes, you, you got them out in the tank.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Me and John actually played in the Aztec Stadium, um, Caught a Fat L, though, but but uh, we played in uh what was it, like – what do you call it? Like
0: a League MX tournament, I guess. It was, like, MLS teams versus uh, League MX teams, and then we made it to the okay. final. Um, An academy yeah academy. Like, uh, yeah academy u17 i think it was and, how'd you guys um, feel you know, do you feel, that I I feel first, the same bro no the first training because we were training at the god where the mexican national team trains and yeah. oh my goodness bro, like bro said,
2: it's different
0: in bro, the warm-up you're like
2: yo we were like in the hotel and we had to like climb like just like two flights of stairs and i was like yo is there like and everyone was like, "Yo, I, can you feel that?" I was like, "Yeah, I can feel it." I was like, "Damn!" But yeah. it was crazy,
1: bro. That's different, bro. But I wanted—I want to talk about uh, you playing a different position. I, I got this yeah. story. I found this story um, <laughs> at the at the twenties with yeah. Tab. You you played center defensive mid. Yeah. And you won in qualifying. You won the golden ball, and then in the World Cup, you made the best eleven playing center defensive mid yeah
2: nah so world cup i didn't play six i played center back in the world Cup. okay okay um, but qualifiers yeah qualifiers i i played six the cdm
1: and, and do you remember what you told uh the city guys when they asked you if you played six or no um would they ask
2: so uh they asked like you like how they ask it I don't remember I don't even remember how that you know what that what I said
1: so what I heard is uh they asked you like have you ever played six before and you were like no i've i never played six, and they were like so how'd you like how'd you know what to do like how'd you maneuver through it and you said, uh I just watched videos of Busquets and figured it out <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I well I did do that I remember doing that um <laughs> I, I bet you I said that too. I can't believe I was that honest with them, but um that is yeah i i legitimately would be my roommate was like tommy redding and he was playing center back him and justin glad and i was like bro i'm about to but like play six i've never played here before we're like this is like an important tournament to qualify for world cup our 17th cycle like me and tommy like we missed out on the world cup we didn't qualify so it was like one of those things and like tab gave me the armband too and i was like yo if i like am terrible here like i'm just out of the team like captain stripped of his armband and everything like so I I was like on YouTube i I, bro I'm telling (laughs) you it was it was a crazy crazy but like when you have like Tyler Adams and Eric Williamson Tyler Adams was playing 10 for us and that guy doesn't stop running so like I just got to sit in front of the two center backs and I didn't really have to do much like if if you ask me I think the golden ball kind of like I scored one goal the whole tournament and like I think the golden ball just went to the captain of the winning team of the tournament. So, no, like, no, no, I'm not no, sure no. I deserve.
1: Let's not say all ball. that. Come on. No, no, I'm no, not no, sure no, no. I
2: deserve the golden ball. I think Brooks Lennon had like four or five goals, like two assists and I got the golden ball. So I, I, I don't know how that worked at the time with like, Conker-Calf, but it was, uh, I, I loved it. Like it was, it was a great, great like award for me to get at that time. And, To be playing out of position was just – it was something new. It was something new. But you – like, I think in general now, like, especially, like, thinking about the World Cup roster and playing in different positions, I think that's a big – being able to, like, play in different positions is a big part of, like, what coaches take into account of, like, oh, I can use this guy here, use this guy. So, like, I think now having that experience and being able to, like, know that I can do that is – Something that's invaluable to me, and hopefully going forward in my career.
1: Yeah, for sure. Got to have those utility players.
2: Yeah, exactly. I
1: want to. I want
0: to switch the, the the combo a little bit to, to I guess my connection to you. I reached out to you about two years ago when I made my move to Porto. I think even right mm-hmm. now, I'm trying to think, I think me and you are still the only Americans that have played there, even in the youth. Yeah. Um, and do you remember who your coach was when you were there?
2: Yeah, yeah, he's a great coach. It's uh, it was um, Louis. Uh, he's he's in Brazilian now, Brazil now. But uh, Luis Castro. Okay, okay, yeah. okay.
0: I guess I was mistaken because I thought we had the same coach. I had um, so I had one coach through the first half of the season, and the second half of the season we were about to get relegated, so we switched to Foya. Antonio Foya, I don't know if you know who that is. He might have been Mm -hmm. like 19th or B team.
2: I think he was the 19th coach, yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, I think we spoke about you, and I don't know, were you playing with Govea also and uh, Goudinho? Yeah, 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 with Goudinho and Govea. yeah. Yeah, but obviously me and you had totally different experiences. You won the second league, like I said, we almost got relegated. Um, So I guess just tell me about that. I mean, looking at it now, at least I spoke Spanish, so Portuguese is easier for me, but yeah. I mean, knowing how Porto is, like, I had an English team, and he struggled because no one spoke English besides me. So how was that for you?
2: Yeah, dude, it was – so that was my first experience in Europe, and it was just crazy, man. Like, I wasn't playing in Sporting Kansas City, and we were in preseason, and my agent told me, like, hey, Porto wants you on loan. And I was like, let's do it. Like, I, like, but the season before, I knew, like – we had Matt Beasler as our captain and center back who was at the time on the national team, Ike Opara, I think one comeback player of the year. And so like in my position, it was going to be really tough to like break into the team. Um, And I was like, I need minutes. Like I need to play. This is our U 20 world cup year. Like if I'm not playing, like probably not going to make the team. So that when that came about, like I was super excited and I get to Porto, like, good facilities everything it was it was nice great city on the water warm weather but man living was like I was not I was 18 at the time 19 at the time going to a whole new country and I know now you guys you guys know how it is um my friends were in college I was I was seeing all these videos on snapchat of them like going out wow. and stuff like that and I was just like at, so like at the time, I couldn't get, like, my driver's license there to drive. Like, I, I needed, like, a certain permit to, like, drive there. So they were like, hey, it's better if you stay at the, like, hotel where we have a bunch of these players at. Like, we had a bunch of Brazilian players at the Holiday Inn. They, had, they <laughs> I stayed at the Holiday Inn. I lived at the Holiday Inn. They had, like, hotel apartments. And so I would just get a ride from them in the morning and then go to practice and then come home. And I swear to you, it was – the first time I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I can do this. Because at the time when I got there, I wasn't playing right away. Like it was, it took a month to start playing. And when you're not playing, when you're, you know, in a country where you don't speak the language, like it, it gets tough. It, it's one of those moments where it's, it's definitely a reality check. And I think being 19, I remember just like, oh man, calling my mom like texting my old teammates and just being like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. And once I started playing and playing well, like it, it got a little bit better, but my, like my life off the pitch was always difficult. Like it was just like, Oh, I'm just going back to the hotel to chill like in my hotel apartment in the holiday Inn, bro. I was, I was that song. I remember I used to play that song and not like a holiday Inn all the time. And, it wasn't until those uh, like that team award, what are the the de oro. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: and um, this American guy walked up on crutches onto the stage to take an award. He was a basketball player and he's like, uh, no fala portuguese, like in front like in front of everyone that speaks Portuguese. And he was like just gave a speech in English, this basketball player won like basketball player of the year. His name was Brad Tensley. And he's still there now. But he got off stage and I was on my phone Googling this guy. I was like, who is this guy? Like, how can I like, and like, I found his Instagram. I DM this guy and my teammates saw me like Googling him and they were like laughing at me and they're like, this guy, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> but I, I, I DM him on Instagram and I was like, hey, I'm like an American out here. Um, and he, I think he was probably like 26 at the time. And I just DMed him, like, hey, can we hang out? And he was like, yeah, dude, come over. My wife, like, we'll have a cooked meal, like home-cooked meal. And so, like, I went over there. And every, like, opportunity I got to go over there, like, it just – they became, like, my family. Like, they, we were always hanging out. He loved, like, football, American football. We were watching, like, every Sunday we would watch, like, Red Zone. And his wife would cook for us, and she was an amazing cook. Got to go, like, Thanksgiving, they made, like, this huge meal. It was just – that's like when kind of like it started going uphill for me. And it, it, it in Portugal, that was just kind of like the low and then the high. And then obviously on the soccer side, like, like you said, we won the second division um, that year. The 19s won the, the U19 division as well. And it was just it was a good year, definitely soccer wise. But like off the pitch, I had like some life lessons to learn and like how tough it can actually be like living in Europe.
0: No, that's, that's so dope. I did, that's, that's a dope story. And I think I had heard of that yeah. girl, so I didn't reach out to him, but yeah, yeah. I, I know uh, some Americans played there, but how does it, obviously, I, I know you probably felt it. Um, how, how did playing for Porto, such like a traditional club, um, help you now maybe going to, obviously you're playing in the top five league now, but I mean, if you yeah. compare Porto, in my opinion, to maybe other teams, like Porto is so traditional with everything that they do. Yeah. That oh, maybe it can be dude, a little bit easier now.
2: One of the, like, like maybe like the fourth or fifth day I showed up, I was wearing a jacket and I, I walk in the building and I, I didn't know. Is I, it the red well, I Ah uh, Yes, bro. <laughs> I walked in wearing a red jacket and you do not wear red there, bro. The guy at the front desk, like, so I, I don't speak Portuguese. He's just like yelling, like yelling at me. And I'm like, yo. And then like my, my teammates, like I, like I think like saying he doesn't understand you and then the guy comes up to me like unzips my jacket takes it off and just trashes it throws it away bro and i was like yo what ha-? like and then like i asked my teammates and they were like yeah you like don't wear red here like you can't wear red boots you can't like don't wear red like benfica our rivals we hate them like and like i was just from that moment on i was like yo it is serious like to not be able to wear like just a red jacket i was like that the hatred it is I didn't realize, like, how big of a rivalry it was. And then, like, also just to see how passionate, like, the fans and the people of Porto are to – like you said, like, it's such a big club. And to realize that when you're there and see, you know, 40,000 a game at that that stadium at the Drago is just one of the things of, like – when you're in Europe and you see these stadiums packed, you know, like these traditional clubs, like you said, like an old, uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think like, cause like growing up in America, like I was going to games for the Kansas city wizards at Arrowhead stadium. That sits 75,000 and maybe getting like, I don't know, 8,000 a game. So like, it's, it's just one of those things where that would never happen in like the Drago or like these, these clubs that just like, Build around their fans and their community. Um, it, it, was, uh, it was it was it was eye opening. That, that's the biggest thing for me to figure out how serious it is in Europe right off the bat. Like like I said, that was like my fourth day, and that's when you really start to realize like this is it, it's gonna be a grind.
1: Sure, that's
0: crazy. For do sure. You, did do, you um, ask him? Jack?
1: No, I was gonna ask you. Did you did you get caught with the red rules as well, John? no I didn't
0: thankfully bro someone else got caught so that's how I knew but bro that English guy I'll tell you about oh yeah. my gosh he showed up in a full red track suit red shoes <laughs> everything bro they didn't nice. so he was kind of like a bigger player so they didn't like everyone knew him so I guess they respected him enough to not like I guess trashed it like you said I guess yeah. maybe it was because you were newer he was like the maybe a hot shot I don't know but they were yeah. like yeah bro you can't do that and they still made him change so yeah. it was is absolutely no, crazy was- bro
2: Yeah, I'm not even sure he like he he put it like in like near the trash can or in the trash, but I never got it back. So it just (laughs) that's why I said he trashed Yo, yo, that's (laughs) uh,
0: unbelievable, bro. Did you did you like it enough? And obviously, Ports is a huge club. You see they've had, I mean, success as of late. Yeah. Would you want to go back and play in their first team ever?
2: Yeah, I think I would never go back to, I wouldn't go to Benfica. I would go back to Porto. Yeah. I mean, you see these guys like you, Luis Diaz, you know, like the, these guys, um, Pecatito was there, you know, for a long time. He just, where'd he go? Is he in Sevilla, Sevilla. now or Valencia? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's a big club where you get those big moves. Like it's obviously a club. I think in Portugal, the top four teams, you know, I don't think I would turn down a move to any of those teams.
1: Except Benfica. Except for Benfica.
2: Well, no, yeah. I mean, you see Benfica. Like, I wouldn't go to Benfica now that I've been at Porto, but those top four teams in that league, those are – Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like, teams you would go to in a heartbeat.
0: That's amazing. Let's talk about – Sorry, sorry, Sam, before you say it, but it's good to hear that story. I mean, I've never been able to connect with anyone like that and have those experiences, bro. That's – man, that's crazy. crazy,
2: bro. (laughs) It was crazy.
1: That is crazy, though. I can't believe – I mean, I can't believe that they have a rule like that and they're serious about it. I could totally believe it. But as an American, it's still, like, crazy to think about, you know, a Yo, sports team.
2: Yeah, it's – It's insane, dude. It's, it's, like, the fandom over here, like, they are born into it. You know, like, you think about, like, American football games and stuff like that. Like, before games, like, you'll be tailgating, like, drinking, and then, like, in the parking lot. Like, I, over winter break, I went to a Chiefs game. we were playing the Steelers, and, like, Steelers fans and, like, Chiefs fans, they'd be giving them hot dogs and stuff like that. And in Europe, it's just not like that, bro. They got – it's different. Like, after games, if we play bad, like here, like, we had a game. We we got smacked. We got smacked up. We lost 4-1 to – who did we lose to 4-1? France. And we come back from, like, an away trip. We, we stayed there, like, three days because the new coach came in and he wanted to, like, get us to do, like, some team bonding. We come back and, like, we had some, like, major turbulence on the flight home after we lost 4-1. Everyone was, like, freaking out. We get back and the fans are waiting for us at the airport, you know, with, like, flares and, like, we want the coach out. And, like, it. it's just crazy, bro. Like, they, they're so passionate and love the, like, team and the club so much that, like, just like growing up in America you like you don't see that as much with American sports and like I'm not saying like Americans aren't as passionate about their teams but like man to see fans like you know lighting fireworks throwing flares and like not letting your coach into their car for a little bit bro it's it's one of those things where you just realize like this is like this is their lives bro like it's crazy it's crazy it is
1: crazy it is crazy we I've here in so we have some similar stories with some fans going crazy. But yeah. it is it is crazy. Like it's literally their lives. Like they they work in the yeah. week to, to come to the game. This is the only reason. Uh-huh. So exactly. it's, it's it's a special thing, you know. Especially when your team's doing well, it's the support you get is is unreal. But when yeah. times are tough, it's obviously difficult for the player to to deal with that hatred exactly. and stuff. But um, let's talk about the move to City, bro. How, how did uh how did it all come about? And you know what was that like? like signing
2: for Manchester City dude it was it, it happened quick like I think a lot of it came from the U-20s like playing obviously because I, I didn't wasn't playing much in Kansas City um, and a lot of it came from U-20s I was coming up to be out of contract with Kansas City and um, just getting on uh The flight to go there, like to sign, like the pre-deal, like because I was at like six months, and just seeing the facilities, like hearing the guys talk to you, like being able to meet Pep and Mikel Arteta, like bro, it was it was like one of those things, like you couldn't turn it down, and at the moment it, it just it was like a surreal feeling. Like Pep's just like a normal dude talking about golf. He loves golf. He's huge. And his, I think his son golfs and he loves golf. Like at the time they had like at at city, they had a golf simulator in there. And like, I saw him in there. His swing is nice. It's crispy, bro. He's got a nice (laughs) swing. I still have like the videos on my phone and just being able to sign for city and like be out there and be in one of those clubs, you know, um, probably a top five club in the world that not probably is a top easily, five club in the world easily. yeah and just see that environment see the pitches like see how professional everything is it was such a blessing dude like I think even even though i am been in the lone army kind of thing like the way they take care of you bro I worked with Julian Lescott for every year up until this year he got a new job bro It's different. It changed my game as a center back being able to talk to him and like go over clips with him and they're out like every week they were out like right now there's a guy here at 2 like that I've worked with like the physio that's always like coming and going and stuff like that so they're always watching they're always in communication they're always like talking and I think even though, like I said, being in that lone army, they're always taking care of you. They're always watching. You always have communication and you feel a part of the team, like a part of Manchester City because they're always connected with you. Like even to this day, like I'll get a text from like one of the, like the head of the loans department or head of like the like city group that like runs all the teams. Like he runs, he, he texts me after like I got my first start here in Troy for like a long time, and I played decent. Like he's just like I'm so proud of you. Like these guys are just good people, and they run their they run their business like a tight ship and a, and a family. So it, it was it was awesome. It was just that's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Do you think there's a day that you are the starting center back for Manchester City?
2: Man, I would hope, but right now, like, it just seems like. These guys are, you know, just moving, bro. They're moving forward. They're buying players left and right. You know, you got Ruben Diaz right there. He's in 97 like me. I mean, Laporte, John Stones, these guys. I think City's just going to do what they need to do to stay at the top. So hopefully one day that can be me. And I want to believe it could be me. So I don't know. But the goal right now is to just – keep playing keep grinding stay healthy and just keep working my way up did you ever play yeah. against yes say that again did you ever play against Ruben Diaz yeah we're in Porto we played against him all the time like so well not all the time we played them twice um and also for my U20s we we played uh Portugal before uh we went to the World Cup uh in Japan and yeah, I know I'm good dude, really nice guy. Obviously, he's a beast and doing really well. Um, but the guy is – he's different. Like, he's built different now. Like, when we were younger, like, he wasn't like – he's a beast now. Like, the guy is built – I see, like, videos of him just, like, working out like Ronaldo every day, like, after training and stuff like that. So, it, he is just different.
0: I kind of want to give it up to you though, because like you said, maybe you've been part of the lone army, but I feel like every move you've gone up and up and up. And I feel like, I mean, you're, you're already playing in a top five league. I mean, I don't think you're that far away really. Like in all honesty, I don't know what you think. Yeah,
2: no, it's, I will say like being in the lone army though, like that's the tough part. Like not knowing what next year holds, like, bro, like all my stuff is like, I was in first, I was in Belgium for six months and then I moved to Breda for the year, and then after that to Austria, like, jumping around club to the club, it always takes me a little bit, like, of time to settle, like, I need to be in an apartment, like, I need to, like, be able to, like, have my stuff, and, like, moving place to place, and, you know, learning new languages, and, like, new cultures, it's always, like, it takes me, personally, probably, like, a month or two to just, like, get into the swing of things, and then a part of that's, like, the soccer side, and then getting into that too and learning your teammates and like getting to know like it, it always takes a while and that was always like kind of the hardest part so like going to Austria Vienna and like being able to stay 2 years that was huge for me like to be comfortable going into a preseason like knowing the guys knowing the culture knowing like what the like how the team plays and all that like i think that was the biggest thing for my career like because like I said, bouncing around year to year, I was always so uncertain. Every summer I go home, my friends and family are asking, like, hey, what's what's next? Like, my answer is, like, I don't know. Like, I, just as, like, I never know the answer. And, like, to be able to stay in Austria and be in Vienna for those two years, I think really just helped my game, staying healthy, as healthy as I could have been probably. And, like, playing all those games in Austria just, just really helped me, uh, I think, learn more about myself and about my game.
1: So now you're with this team until 2024, correct?
2: What year is it now? 20, yeah, 2024. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be years, nice. Yeah, it, it is nice. Um, obviously, like I said, we're kind of like in a relegation battle. We've been we've been doing better. Um, I think we got we're in fifth, 15th right now.
0: Yeah, y'all are um, five points
2: off the drop. I just checked. yeah. Yeah, five points off the drop. We got – but we got a tough schedule coming up, and I think we got Monaco on the weekend away. Um, after that, we got, like, a three-game like three game week where we play Claremont and Stroudsburg, who's – Straussburg's in fourth right now. And then we play Nice, Lille, PSG, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So it's just, it's a tough stretch of games coming up. So I think if we get, I think if math, math wise, if we get two wins, we're mathematically safe, no matter what. So that's the goal right now to just go out. We got a game against Monaco this weekend, Um, obviously a tough game away, but you go out there, every game starts zero, zero. You never know what can happen. So we we're going with the intention to win the game. And I think, my team's confident right now. I think we're all confident in that, like, if we can get out there and get a goal, that we can hold some, we can hold zeros, we can hold teams to um, not so many goals. I think the biggest problem, we've been giving up penalties, we've been giving up some some bad fouls and some bad spots, but other than that, like, it, it's a team I feel like we're rolling right now with a lot of confidence.
0: Yeah, my I team. saw that you guys haven't lost in, like, like, what, six, five or six games, maybe more, right?
2: Yeah. Since um, yeah, I think like five Bordeaux, games. yeah, five games since Bordeaux, so,
0: yeah. Let me ask you. Um, you said PSG. I don't know if you were on the squad or or there the first time I played PSG, and I don't know if nah, you're the yeah, kind of guy who asked for for jerseys, but have you uh have you put some thought into maybe <laughs> if you're going to
2: ask someone for their jersey or or not really? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a guy that asks for jerseys. I mean, but I think I I mean we play against PSG and we play well. First of all, like I, I don't want to go out there getting smacked like five nil and then yeah. asking for a jersey, you know? Yeah. So I think being able to play against them, I think there's three games left in the season. So we'll see what they do with their team too at that time. Like, cause I think at that time they'll probably have first place pretty secure. To, so we'll see who's out on the pitch, but uh, obviously like, if we're out there, my, I think I, I'd ask for Mbappe's. I, I don't know why, just, like, probably going up against him and that position. I mean, I know Messi's up there, too, and Neymar. But for me, I think playing against Mbappe would be pretty surreal. You just got to watch that one move. huh?
0: You got to watch that one move he does. I I know you know what I'm talking about. When he cuts it and then he shoots it to the defender's legs near post.
2: Yeah, but he's so quick, bro. I was watching the Champions League, like, when they played against uh, Real. Bro, there was, like, one ball over the top. And he was like it was from half field to the box. He was there in like one point five seconds, bro. That speed is different. He's just different, bro. We can't be playing a high line against this guy.
1: And the fact that John just said you gotta watch out for that one move talking about Mbappe. <laughs> Come on, bro.
2: <laughs> that that's a
1: signature move. move though. You can't lie, that's a signature move. All right, but if like Messi, you gotta watch out for that that one cut inside and then you're good. So
2: yeah, you gotta watch out for Messi's left foot, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then Neymar, you just gotta watch out for Neymar, and then you're good. So <laughs>
2: Oh, to yeah, be fair, Berati, I think I feel like Mbappe's you can then they got Di Mbappe Maria as well.
1: So yeah. when Di Maria yeah. comes on, you got to watch out for his right
2: foot. So Di Maria, bro, Barati, their team is stacked, bro. That Nuno Mendez kid at left back is oh, been unbelievable. Good. He's so good, bro. That team is stacked, it is honestly insane. But I mean, again, like, like I said, every game starts zero zero, so anything can happen. And they've I've seen them drop points to teams that we've yeah. beaten, so. It's it's one of those things like we're, we're not going out there to, you know, just maybe exchange jerseys after the game. Like we're going out there to win. We're going to Paris to hopefully take three points. And then maybe they're asking for our jerseys. You know, hey, one thing for sure. That. Call call that,
0: down, <laughs> hey, one thing for sure. If y'all beat them. We can we can attest it to the chump chat blessing. That's all I'm gonna say.
2: Yes, the, I, bro, I've been seeing the chum chat blessing. I'm waiting for it now, bro. I'm gonna be I'm gonna <laughs> text you guys. When the chump chat blessing comes, I'm gonna be texting you guys.
0: Yeah. Hey. That's it's what a we real like thing to hear. here. It's a real thing, trust. I'm waiting
2: for it. It's either it's either gonna happen this season or this golf season for me. I'm gonna either break in 80 <laughs> or i am scoring a goal in Paris. That's that's, hey, that's, yo, that's what it whenever it to.
1: happens, though. I need you to finally post on your Instagram and I need to caption it be the chump chat blessing. Deal. <laughs> I,
2: I'll post, I'll post on Instagram. Yeah, I got you. I got we need you. to talk about
1: that though. What's up with you not post on Instagram? We need to talk about this,
2: bro. I said I've said this so much me not posting on instagram i well i'll post on like my story and stuff like to let people know i'm alive um (laughs) like i got actually i posted in my like on my story of us we were doing like the hyperbolic chambers and like had the mask on and i put like that song on like i'm still alive but i'm barely breathing and like okay i got so many people flooding comments back like oh are you okay i'm like yeah dude i'm just in hot like i got but the reason I don't post is just because like I think Instagram's kind of like like I love Instagram and I love like to see like people on my Instagram and people like doing well and stuff like that. But like for me, a lot of the time, like it got to like where people were just like chasing the clout and chasing, you know, like stuff that like. Which is fine, like not just chasing the clout. My biggest thing is like, you know, no one's posting about like when life's hard, you know, like no one's posting like like everyone's posting like the highlights of their life, which is good. Like I like to see that. I like to see people like prospering and stuff, but at the same time, like it just got all like blurred in. Like when I was having bad times and I was posting stuff like about just like soccer and stuff when like, I just thought like, I it wasn't the real me. So I think after this, like, I'm taking like kind of a a break from posting a long break from posting, but when I get back to it, it's just going to be like, just legit, like just pure, Eric, like, if I'm feeling, like, down or something like that, or, like, it's a bad spell of things, like, I'll post it. Like, just direct and just, like, serious. Like, all out there for everyone to see.
1: I like that. Yeah. Because like let's check, though, because you said a small break. Let's see what that nah, means, man.
2: Small break as in, like, almost probably a year, like a year and a half. So June
1: 2022, we got the – the, the Black Lives Matter post. No, June 2020. Yeah, yeah June that's 20. Yeah.
2: 2020. Yeah.
1: And then February of 20 was your actual like your real post.
2: Let me check this real quick.
0: Well he's not Let's even check. he's not even posting soccer things either. Like his last soccer post was yeah, yeah. four. Yeah. Uh,
1: that's
0: what I'm saying. It's been
2: a 2018 it's been a was his last post soccer, soccer post. 2018. No Probably no one knows where I'm playing anymore, bro. I do need to make a post. <laughs> I do need Yo, to make a post. It's been a minute.
0: They just know that you're a Kansas City fan. That's all they know. They're like, yeah, "This guys exactly. a Kansas City They fan. know I'm
2: a Chiefs fan. And, and your happiest like Tiger Woods. Your,
1: yeah, your happiest day of your life is Tiger Woods.
2: Bro, yeah. That, so let's do let's repeat that Tiger. That's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, there. call him Here out. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Give him some of the chump chat blessing.
2: Yeah, there we go, Tiger. Hop on this podcast tomorrow or tonight, and you're winning the Masters. Exactly. Exactly. This guy. He looks so we good. We that red, Sunday red.
1: Yeah, that Sunday red. Too bad you couldn't wear Sunday red down in Porto, but it, it is. What That's a it sick is, pick. You know? I, I didn't
0: see, I hadn't <laughs> seen this pick before. This one with Diogo Dello and everyone. Yeah. That's yeah. But yeah. yeah. I didn't know you played with them.
2: Yeah. Those are all the guys at Porto. Bruno Costa's back. I saw he's back at Porto. Yeah, he
0: is. He is. Yeah. You see Daloa United? That's crazy.
2: Yeah, I know, bro. Yeah, that, that was crazy because, like, when I was at Porto, he was on the under-19s and then, like, sometimes came up and, like, played with us. But, bro, like, he spoke the best English. Like, it was it was awesome. Like, he was such a good dude. And those, those under-19s, those guys, a lot of those guys now that are, like, in the first team somewhere just – good dudes man really good
1: dudes yeah all right bro we we come down to to this one question that we have on we have the chum chat blessing. we also have our success to find so john ask me the question bro. Yeah, bro you probably know
0: the question but basically the whole gist of this whole podcast is to find out the definition of success obviously we're interviewing a lot of successful people but we want to ask you what your definition of success is and do you think you've achieved it yet
2: Ooh, definition of success and have I achieved it? I did see this question. I did not prepare. This is a great question. I think success is defined by a lot of things. Like, I don't think it's just one thing in particular. Like, success for me isn't necessarily, like, just football or soccer. Like, it is also, like, in my personal life and like just being the best version of me and like, whether that means, you know, being a good teammate, um, like in the times that I'm not playing, like I think success always kind of changes for me because like the situation always changes. Like, obviously like we all see ourselves at the top, like want to be at the top for soccer, want to be at the top for, you know, life. Like when I'm playing against my friends in golf, I want to be at the top. But like, in those situations in those moments that it changes like kind of like at the beginning of the season for me with like the heart thing and then not playing and then to playing it's always changing my definition of success is more just taking every day like step by step and being the best that i can be like even in those days of you know where they're they're just crappy or just th- those are the times where i feel like success kind of like defines me. Like if I'm just gonna let it beat me down or like if it's like, I, today was a bad day, like it's time to move on to the next day. Like, And just just doing something that not only like makes me happy, but like can make others around me happy and like be that guy that um, brings a smile to other people's faces when, when it's possible. That, that, that's my definition of success. Like, cause it's always changing for me. I think soccer wise, obviously I have like goals, and I want to achieve those goals, but like, I don't think that's just like success in my mind. I think success is being able to be the best version of yourself and make the people around you happy. That's my definition of success.
1: Kind of a different answer. We really haven't had one like that. Um, it's definitely, I, th- I think it corresponds to happiness. I think is kind of what you're saying, but it's like a daily thing, yeah. you know, for you.
2: And yeah. I think you've definitely been in
1: that, you've been in those, those, those hard times, where you haven't yeah. had people there, and you and you've had to figure it out on your own and, and question what you're doing. So when you are in that in that that happiness, it's you feel successful, you feel good, and you feel like you want to feel. You know.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I think you explained it better than me. I think <laughs> that's exactly where it is. That's uh, because I figured out like when you're striving for those goals, when you're striving for that success that you kind of like dream of, and like it fails or it falls short. It, it leaves you, well, it leaves me with just kind of like this sadness and this like, not like emptiness, but just like this feeling of like, man, like what, like not like failure, but like, just like they're like, you fell short of your goals, like that kind of thing. So like trying to figure out like that middle ground and be, you know, when you don't reach those goals, when you don't reach what you set out to reach in your, like, in your life, I think that's when you can always come back to like being like, you know what? Like, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful for these opportunities that I'm getting now. Like when I was younger, like in Portugal and like super sad about living alone and like missing out on like all the college parties my guys were going to. Like now is the time like where I'm living in in France and like being able to travel to Paris on the weekend or like on our day off and be like not a lot of people get to see Paris, you know, like not a lot of people get to spend their time like, living in Austria and France and like all these cool different countries. And I'm just trying to enjoy like the moment and, you know, like meeting new friends and stuff like that. Like I think last season or two seasons ago, I probably met one of my best friends, like uh, this Australian guy. who's like, he's 30 now, he's got a kid, but like one of my best friends to this day. And it's just, it's crazy where football can take you and like life can take you. So success is defined by these like little moments for me.
1: That's beautiful, man. I like that.
2: That's inspirational. I like that. A little inspirational, inspirational success. But like, again, like if we're talking about like success in like football though, like my goal is to make it to the top. Like I want to play, my goal, I, like football wise, is I want to play in Spain. I really, I, I think the style of football kind of fits me, like where they play, they play football and, you know, the weather's warm. That That's another good, that's a great thing about like Spain and Portugal and stuff like that. But like, that's my goal. I want to play in Spain in La Liga, and you know, play in the Champions League. I want to play in the Champions League. I want to be at the top. I want to be playing in a World Cup. Those are those are my football goals.
0: For sure. Well, we love we love the answer to that because we usually have to ask our guests that, but you just straight up answered it. But let me. Nah, yeah. We don't want to take away too much of your time. I mean, we appreciate you giving us all of this time.
2: You're nothing full attention. But time. Just watching um, Masters.
0: But um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Obviously, you get getting called <laughs> in now, and the World Cup coming up, you're having a solid season. I mean, do the thoughts of maybe sneaking in that World Cup roster, do they start start trickling into your mind a little bit?
2: Oh, 100%. I think now, like, after getting a taste of, like, being in camp and qualifying with the group and being with the guys, like, that, that's been, like, one of the only thoughts in my mind, you know, is, like. What can I do to make that World Cup roster? What can I do to be a part of that team, to help the U.S. like reach our goals in the World Cup? And um, I think the past not like always so clear. Obviously, like because at the end of the day, it's the coach's decision on decision on who he gets to like bring to the World Cup and stuff like that. But like I'm gonna do everything in my power to like make it a tough decision and to, to keep me off that roster yeah. so that's why yeah, you can yeah, do that, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that's the thing like when it comes to football like you're never you're never guaranteed anything so it's just one of those things where just got to keep your head down and keep working I think that's what every footballer kind of does and that's kind of the American mentality anyway like it doesn't matter if you know you're not playing or whatever. You just gotta, you just gotta keep grinding, bro. It's a grind.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot.
0: Couldn't have not said, yeah, said it better myself, yeah, bro. Couldn't said it better. And plus, the thing about the World Cup is like you never know. Uh, like you said, just keep bro. working. Injuries can happen. Anything can happen. You can hit a amazing form bro, to start banging on yeah. by making exactly. exactly. goals. I don't that's know.
2: <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> <laughs> you're on the plane. Start you know? scoring goals, bro. The chum chat, bro. If the chum chat blessing doesn't come to me soon then i am gonna be texting tanner i'm gonna be texting you on i'm gonna be texting you guys and be like bro where is this chum chat blessing where is it it's because coming if through, i don't bro. see it bro we got eight games left eight games
0: there's it, no there's no coming, timeline bro. for the blessing but it, it comes <laughs> it comes right, quick
2: no timeline all, all right all right right, all i gonna be I'll waiting see. and when i get it i i'll be i'll be posting first of all i'll be posting and i expect a post i expect a post. we'll
1: post we'll post together we'll do a little collab post how about that
2: okay all right sound sounds good
1: okay but uh perfect now nah, we appreciate having you on our last question i want to ask is uh you know you've been on chump chat you you're getting the vibes uh who do you want to see next on chump chat
2: man that's a good question i think of all your guests and who you haven't had you should get alex on here to talk about that kind of <laughs> side of football. <laughs>
1: I was, you know, I've thought about it and I told Alex, you know, after you know, we've we've split ways and it's a few years down yeah. the road for sure. We get them on to talk about everything and how everything goes down. Yeah. But
2: Alex and yeah. Duncan, those two, those two would be huge, like guys to like talk to and kind of like get their like take on like football and stuff like that. Especially like Duncan. I think that'd be a cool one. If you could get if you could swing that, you could swing Duncan. That'd be, yeah. that'd be cool but like player wise i'd like to see who i mean like some of my guys that i talk to a lot and like we're at was that that U20 world cup with and who i think would be like good chats would be like jeremy obovasee um he's he's got like a crazy like great mind like just yeah unbelievable, yeah he's really smart yeah, yeah. And then, like, Tyler Adams or Eric Williamson, those guys, if you can get those guys on here. I'll shoot Tyler a text. You should definitely try to get Tyler on here. Tyler is a different hey. animal. He's a he's a beast, bro. This guy is – he's just built different. Like, when I saw him at the U-20 World Cup, when I first met him – or not World Cup, like, qualifiers, to see the way this guy, like, carried himself as like uh, – we were, what, 19 at the time? So he was 17, 17-year-old. 17 Bro, I couldn't believe it. Like, this guy doesn't care who it is. Like, we were – before we went to the qualifying, we played Chicago Fire. He, like, fouled Bashing Schweinsteiger, just left him on the ground. Like, didn't care. And, like, Bashing, like, said something. He's like, get up. Like, like just – this guy is just built different. He is an animal. Like, that's when I knew. I was like, this guy's. he's just a beast.
1: Yeah, you'll have to shoot him a text because we would love to get him on. Obviously, Eric uh, Williamson, we'll, we'll get him on in due time uh For yeah. sure, but nah, bro. We appreciate having you. all We don't take too much of your time, but I think it's been a, a great episode. Hopefully, nah, yeah. you might gain some followers from this and get a little more active on the on the Instagram. Bro, so, you know, what? everybody say a little update been, of life. You know,
2: you guys have been. You, you might convince me, Tanner. I know we talked about this in Venice, but you might convince me. I might have to get back on the gram to show I'm alive. You know, perfect. perfect. This summer, there's no doubt. This summer, people will be seeing that golf swing. They will be seeing okay. my golf swing. They will be seeing me shooting low. But until we are secure out of relegation i don't think i'm posting yet not yet
1: okay okay
2: not yet i like that
0: Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in shout out to our boy eric his instagram although he'd never post will be popped up throughout the whole time thanks to our editor anthony this episode was presented by bet online and make sure if y'all like the content to like share and subscribe and as we always say go find your own success deuces